Life can bring many difficult situations, domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. Welcome, Amy Cabo and The Cure. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Cure Radio Show. I'm your host, Amy Cabo, with my amazing partner, Boris. Hello, everybody. This show is intended to expose the truth, educate, and provide comfort. God was the only cure for me, and we hope we can be there for each other. We address the joys of life and its challenges with God, our omnipotent Father, who is always looking out for us as our constant refuge. Life has trials, but with Him, above all things, who loves us dearly, there is eternal joy and hope. That song was Cradle to Crown by Victory Worship. I just love him, no matter how hard I am tried. Praise the Lord, fighting for us when we've cried. When hope seems gone, he is our stronghold, living by courage and a faith that is bold. O sweet, loving, holy Father, we share all with you. Taking us home, it's worth it what we go through filling our world with joy as he gives us rest, caring for needs, providing only the best. Today we will be talking about struggling marriages with Shelley Arnold. Shelley Arnold is an author, speaker, and biblical marriage strategist. Her latest book, Joined by God, Unconventional Devotions for Christian Couples, is aiming to help struggling marriages. Shelley, welcome to The Cure. Blessed to have you with us. Thank you, Amy. I thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share with your audience. Shelley, is is the institution of marriage in turmoil right now? Actually, it's more than an institution. It's a, it's a vocation. Is it not? It's something for life. Well, it's a commitment, isn't it? It's a covenant. For those of us who live as believers, we make a covenant before God. We make a commitment before God to choose to hold ourselves only to one person and love that person with everything that we are while we live on this earth, as long as we live. I would say that marriage as a ministry has been under attack from the very beginning. I mean, we see in Genesis the enemy trying to pull apart Adam and Eve from the very beginning with sin and with discord and with blame. So I don't think anything's changed except maybe the attacks have ramped up uh, where maybe the divorce, well, obviously the divorce rate in our country for sure was much lower decades ago. Now it's so common for marriages to end in divorce for various reasons. But even within the church where 
we would have the opportunity maybe to learn to love each other better. There's so much against us growing up and in childhood and and in society that creates additional challenges for marriages. And and honestly, sometimes I don't know how so many marriages survive. I mean, my husband and I definitely give all glory to God for our marriage lasting as long as it has, because without God, we would not still be married, let alone loving each other. Well, I, I think that at one point they had called the, us the me generation. And it's it's more, more like the environment saying, look out for number one. No, no, only you're going to be the one that's going to look out for you. You deserve better. You don't deserve this. And so we, we strayed away with by the worldly ways and we have forgotten the word of God that we're supposed to think the other person better than ourselves, that we're supposed to put ourselves last, that we don't really deserve anything and it, even less his love or his sacrifice that he did for us. And so, you know, if you, if you think of the person's better than you and you're thinking out what's what would make him happy, not so much about what would satisfy your own needs, but how you can help the other person. And we've forgotten what that's like. We, we just expect people to just be good to us. And we forget that for people to be good for us, we have to be that good person to begin with, that we get what we give. And, you know, but the, and very few, I mean, do, are people even aware with the term of spiritual intimacy in a marriage? Can you tell us what that is? Sure. So if we look at when Jesus was questioned by the Pharisees and they asked him, what was the greatest commandment? And his answer was that we love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. So that's our physical level, our emotional level, our spiritual level and our mental level. Every part of us is what we're supposed to use to love God. Well, Mm -hmm. marriage in Scripture, marriage is supposed to be a picture of the relationship between Christ and the church, which tells us that those same four levels are going to be utilized best in our marriage. We can have a healthy marriage if we address our marriage on all of those levels. But the wonderful thing is that the spiritual level can trump them all. It's just like when Jesus spoke to the woman at the well and his disciples had gone ahead to get food because they were hungry. They came back with food after his ministry to her, and they tried to get him to eat. And he says, I have food that you don't even know of, because he'd been ministering to this woman and leading her basically to salvation in himself. Well, the same thing can happen in our marriages. If we fortify that spiritual level of intimacy and use that spiritual level of intimacy, it can override weaknesses in the other areas of our marriage. It's a really miraculous thing that can happen when yeah, we invite but, God there. But how do, how do we get to that? I mean, for slow people like myself, I mean, does it start with the golden rule, something that we were brought up with, treat others the way that you would like to be treated? Uh, did God not say love others mm-hmm. the way that we should love ourselves, that, that we would like to be loved? And to love others the way that he loves us, not, you know, to, to love us, to love the way we love your children, that we are there for them and we comfort them, but we also correct them and we also educate them. And, you know, the same way that God would deal with us. So what is it to 
reach a spiritual level. And we'll, we'll talk about that when we return. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Right back with Amy Cavill and the Cure. Now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in. Remember that you can listen to us on the radio through the app The Cure with Amy Cabo, or as a podcast, Look for God is the Cure. That song was God of Glory, King of Kings. To free us from death's chains came our mighty King, restored our peace, and gave us new song to sing. Mercy that sent his angels to protect the heart that no evil in this world could ever keep us apart. By his love and strength, not to yield to the heat, let it burn the darkness, his victorious defeat. God, above all, overcame who overcame death as well, to access the heavens, not perish in hell. We will continue about struggling marriages with Shelley Arnold, author of the book, Joined by God. Ephesians 5, 31, 32. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You know, and that's a great point that God made <laughs> because a marriage, the, both wife and husband should be in the same page in mutual agreement. And that's when they become one. When one has a, one idea and one has another idea and the world tells us you're entitled to your opinion, you're entitled to have a different idea. And then you forget that you're supposed to be of the same person. You're supposed to be one. And then uh, then we forget about humility. And, you know, our ego gets in the way. And I think that's one of the things that have been, you know, an obstacle in having an optimal relationship with God in your marriage. Because it takes three to keep the marriage together. Uh, it's two that start it. But three, being God, keeps it together. So what would be the worst advice you have heard you have heard about marriage? Oh my goodness. Uh there's there are several and I actually write about them in Joined by God, some bad ideas and, and worst advice, but the one that comes to mind is that maybe you'll just be happier separated. If you're unhappy now, that maybe you'll just be ha happier separated. And I think that is grounded in a misunderstanding of Scripture's provision 
for biblical separation, because there there is provision for biblical separation, but it's not so much that I separate myself from my spouse. It's supposed to be me separating myself to God, to be more with God in time and intent, to separate myself to prayer and fasting and to hear from God exactly what He wants me to do with my portion of the marriage. Unfortunately, you know, we're prone to not take those drastic measures sometimes until we're in a real crisis or there's real trouble going on in in the relationship. But um, I have found that the more time I spend in prayer, the more time I spend working on myself between me and God, because we're all so broken, especially, you know, early in marriage, we bring all of our brokenness to marriage. I have found that the more I pursue my relationship with God, the better my part of the marriage is, and the better me I can offer my husband. I love what you said, because uh, not long ago, somebody told me the devil will pick the weaker one and use that weaker one against you, because what he wants is conflict and division. And when someone came to me about, oh, my friends are telling me I'm better off without her, or vice versa, I remind him that it's not her. It's the evil behind it. We're not up against flesh and blood. We're up against the principalities of darkness. So you always revert back to the word of God, and that's how you know how to make things nourish. Otherwise, the world, the ways of the world, things that are destroyed, because that's what the devil wants, and he wants you to believe that person, whether it be your spouse or it be your kids. You have to understand that they're highly manipulated by the devil. Yes, he doesn't give us anything we cannot handle, but we are weak, and that's just practice. God will perfect us in our weakness, and in our weakness, his strength will show. So that's okay, but we have to see it for what it is. Don't blame the person. Hate the devil. It's his fault, not not your loved ones. So if, if um, what, what, do you, what advice or what do you tell someone that, um, that just doesn't even want to try, that has just given up hope? as you were describing? Oh, my goodness. First of all, I just want to say, if you're in that place where your marriage is so, so uh, disrupted that you just feel completely hopeless, I'm so sorry. And Amy, like you said, you know, the enemy works against us, but a lot of the things that he uses are what we bring with us. We bring our coping mechanisms and the consequences of other people's sin against us. We Past bring the experiences. consequences of our own sin. We, we bring bad habits, things that we learned that were wrong or things that we didn't learn well at all. I know I certainly did. You know, if, if you're in a place where your marriage is struggling so bad that you want to give up, you know, the Lord is not surprised by that. He knows the condition of your marriage. You're not talking to him about something that's a surprise to him. I would take all of that brokenness to him first. And then I would sit with him and I would say, Lord, what do I need to start with between me and you first? In fact, I often challenge marriages that are in trouble to think about tithing their marriage. You know, there's a principle of tithing in scripture of giving 10% off the top back to the Lord as an offering So for a person, say they've been married five years, that's 60 months. Okay, 10% of that is six months. Take the next six months 
and don't try to fix your marriage. Work on yourself. Work on your own relationship with God because some of the dysfunction that's in your marriage, even if only 1% is your fault, that 1% might be the glue that's keeping the rest of the dysfunction. I don't know. I like to give them 100%. And uh, when I do, everything falls into place. We'll be right back. So it's 100%. Yeah, for me it is. About marriages <laughs> with Shelley Arnold, author of the book, Joined by God. Now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Welcome back, and thanks for being with us. That was Mighty to Save by Hillsong Worship. Oh, sweet Jesus, how you have turned lives around. Our mighty God and the greatest love ever found. Fountain of mercy, we place our trust in you. Never forsakes, perfect and eternally true, who can save us all, standing between life and death, waters that quench, shelter, rock, our living breath. More of Jesus is what this broken world needs, holy direction in his precepts and deeds. We will continue talking about struggling marriages with Shelley Arnold, author of the book, joined by God. Shelly, I know that there's times that you can hit that real low and you just feel that, you know, there's no hope. And where is God now? And you can cry out to him. And I've been there. But you just, then I just tell myself, well, it doesn't matter because God, you're all that matters. And I just focus on God. And just use it as an opportunity to grow closer to him, to focus on him. And it's true. A lot of times is looking in the mirror. It's I can't change the other person, but what can I do better that he can see that it's better this way, that he can see that it's he can see my joy and my peace, that he might want to do the same thing. And that's how you bring it, bring the person back to being one with you, because the devil, remember, he divides. He divides and destroys, but united we stand strong. Shelly, why do you think marriage is so much, you know, it's so threatened? So many single parents, so many children without fathers. Oh, what has, how has it diminished so much and what needs to happen to bring it back? Well, I think there's been several factors for that. Uh, one would be, of course, the way our culture has continually walked farther and farther away from godly principles and godly content. Um, but the enemy, you know, he'll use anything. He'll use culture. He'll use social media. He'll use technology. He'll use anything as a tool 
to spread his negative message, right, and try to pull us away from godly principles and and God's word. And they're not hiding it anymore. There's there's singers that are having huge serpents and and other rappers dancing with the devil and you're seeing um, parades with people dressed up with as devils and fire coming out. Right. And as a culture, we've forgotten shame. So we we've think forgotten. that evil is cool mm-hmm. or horror yeah. is fun. Right. Well, scripture tells us that though, right? As, as even yes. in the old Testament, there were prophets writing about the fact that there are going to be days when evil is called good and exactly. good or is cool. called evil. So we know, like, you know, we know this is not a surprise to God, which means there's provision, right? God has already planned the provision we need in Christ's sacrifice so that there is power there, there is provision there, and there's wisdom there. You know, the book of James says, if any of us lack wisdom, let us ask God who gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it'll be given, given to us. So we can ask God for wisdom, but Specifically in a marriage that's in trouble, the best advice I would give, again, go back to that getting before God and and really looking at your relationship with Him. But I think you have to be honest, too, about what you brought to the marriage. For me and my husband, we're both sexual abuse survivors. We both experienced a lot of trauma in our childhood. We both came from dysfunctional backgrounds. My husband's uh, uh, familial history included physical violence and uh, a lot of loud yelling. And one part of my familial history included a lot of deception and manipulation. And even though as a child you think you don't want to repeat those things, a lot of times we learn bad habits that we don't realize we picked up. Right, because the devil uses our past experiences, but the way that I see it is the greater the evil, the even more greater the good. So uh, these crosses, they they actually, is because the devil knows we have great potential. And he's been trying to destroy us since we were kids. But see, God had better plans for us. And that's why we survived it. Not only survived it, we thrived. And that's because God loves us and he never left us. One day they say that people will be envious of those who get to suffer because it's almost the more you suffer, the better person you become. I mean, it could be the opposite, but for the most part, that's the idea. And so, yes, the the devil is going to attack families and marriages because that's what's most precious to God. That what is most like the love of God the love of your loved one, the way that you we love each other, at least and even more so in a family unit. So the devil's out to offend God as much as possible. And so we just have to fight that because we under, we have to understand we're fighting evil. These are times where saints are made. These are not times that we can just sit back and, and just continue to be played around by the evil one. We have to fight back and we have to say, no, we are with God and we rebuke this, we rebuke Satan. We rebuke all evil. Well, and I would add, Amy, you know, God can use pressure in our lives and in to send us in the right direction trouble to provoke us. Exactly. And to so, more dependence on him. Yes. Yeah. 
absolutely. Because it's when we need God is when we know that what it is that we need to do. Until then, we we just get too comfortable. Unfortunately, <laughs> but we finish with the. Are, are we up? Yeah. I, I think we're done. I'm sorry. Thank you so much, and thank you for all you're doing. Keep fighting for those marriages. You're doing a great thing. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Let's finish with a prayer. And uh, so, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, bless, preserve and keep you. The Lord mercifully grant you the riches of his grace, that you may please him both in body and soul, and living together in faith and love, may receive the blessings of eternal life. Amen. Amen. This is Amy Cabo. You have been listening to The Cure. Please check our podcast, The Cure with Amy Cabo, or our app, The Cure. And thank you to our listeners for being with us. Until Thank next you for Sunday. Listening to the Cure with Amy Cabo. You can check out Amy's latest book, God is the Cure, on Amazon. And please check our website, GodIsTheCure.com.